You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 367. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. An interesting show for you today because we are talking to a first-time guest about a show that just came on last week, debut episode, Squid Game, The Challenge. It's a reality show based on the TV show. We have player number 166 from that show. Her name is Louisa Warwick. She was on the show. If you have not seen it, there will be spoilers in regards to the first five episodes in this podcast today, but very interesting interview. I'm fascinated by the show, the original show, and the reality show now, and we'll get to Louisa momentarily. So there's a lot of things to go over here with Squid Game. Here's what I'll tell you. I recorded with Louisa on Tuesday of this week. Yesterday, Netflix dropped episodes 6, 7, 8, and 9. Last Wednesday were episodes 1 through 5. Contacted Louisa on Instagram. We got the interview done. And it's just talking about her experience on the show. We do talk spoilers in terms of how long she lasts. That's really it in terms of spoilers other than, you know, we do talk about things that happen in episodes 3, 4, and 5. But... So if you have not watched the show and you're interested in watching it or you don't you don't want to be spoiled, I guess just watch the first five episodes because nothing we talk about in today's podcast covers anything that happened in the episodes that were released yesterday, 6, 7, and 8, 9. And then next week, probably going to have somebody else. I'm looking at Figgy from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. She was on Survivor. She is also one of the players in Squid Game, the challenges here. If you don't know, it had 456 people to start this reality show. But they ripped through a lot of people, and it's basically a reality show where a lot of luck is involved, and all they do is play children's games. You're just like, how is this interesting? Trust me. Watch it. It's on Netflix. You will be hooked. I haven't met anybody that wasn't hooked. So you... (laughs) You're just going to be like, this seems so basic. Yeah, it does. But 456 people start out in this game. And every single game, they eliminate X amount of people on basic children's game. The first episode is just like the first episode of the TV show. It's a game of red light, green light. And that's it. Now, Louisa shares some behind-the-scenes secrets in regards to what really went on during red light green light i'm sure if you've read any articles about this you'll know what she's talking about and you probably heard this already but just know that on the first competition of the season or the first game of the season red light green light 456 people start only 197 were left after the first game so they enter they get rid of a lot of people at a lot of at a time and obviously with a ton of people in a reality show You know, when you watch The Bachelor, that probably has one of the most amount of people to start, right? 32 people. So 
you can't give time to every person, especially as an editing team. You know who goes home early. You're not going to give them a ton of camera time. Just imagine doing a show with 456 contestants on it. You know, you can't. So it's interesting to watch who gets camera time. And is someone who gets camera time someone that obviously goes far, but far enough to win? You won't know until you watch. I watched episodes 6, 7, 8, and 9 yesterday. So basically what's going to happen is next week it's just one episode. It's the finale. So episodes 1 through 9 are on Netflix now. 1 through 5 were released last Wednesday. 6, 7, 8, 9 released yesterday. And then the finale is coming next week. And we're down to X amount of people in that finale. I don't want to say anything uh, to you yet. might give something away. But you'll really enjoy the show. And it's really fun talking to someone who actually experienced all this. Because you know me. I've said it numerous times on this podcast. I'm so much more interested in how the sausage is made on these reality shows. Yes, I like the final product. I will watch it. But I always want to know the why behind things. And what really went on behind the scenes. It's why I give you any dirt I can in regards to bachelor production or bachelorette production or bachelor in paradise production, because there's, when it comes to reality TV, unfortunately, not a whole hell of a lot of it is real. They're real people. That's about it. (laughs) You know, there may be some real things here and there, but nothing happens organically. Everything is all orchestrated. Now it's different with competition shows because you have to compete and you have to win or a judge has to pick you or something like that. So what Louisa was involved in is a game show, essentially a competition show. And she got to compete in at least the first game of the season, which was red light, green light. But to hear her describe exactly how it was, I'm still confused on how this even worked. I mean, I get how it worked, I'm just kind of confused on how people got away with some things on it. But it's a it's a really interesting and informative interview today uh, with Louisa Warwick. So check this out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And if you're watching Squid Game, you definitely want to hear uh, from her. And if you're not watching it, trust me, you will want to watch it. Go check it out on Netflix. The Daily Roundup was posted a couple hours ago. I do talk about a little bit more in regards to the spoilers. Not anything new, but what I didn't go over in the podcast portion of the spoilers yesterday, but it is on the website. As I mentioned yesterday, everything that's on the website will be transferred into a social media post every single Monday, starting January 22nd, when Joey's season starts. I'm going to put in episode number one spoilers. So just to refresh your memory, if you don't want to go back and look at the website, whatever the case may be, all you got to do is it'll be on my social media channels next year, starting every Monday. You'll be like, oh, the post is up. Here's what to expect in tonight's episode. And then episode two will roll around. It's like, okay, that's right. This is the dates. Here's who got the dates. Here's who went home, yada, yada, yada. So just keep that in mind. That's coming. Um, Again, in regards to you know the ending, it's no different than any other season. There will be people that will say that that's not the ending and that's not what happened, and it's the other girl or whatever. You know, all I can do is I don't reveal my sources. I can't tell you how I know what I know, and you're just gonna have to accept what I presented. And most people do. There will be people that doubt, and I get it. You know, because I I don't provide any proof. I just say this is what happened. 
I can't provide any proof because then I'd be giving up sources. But because I don't provide proof, I get it why people doubt. But all I can do is just say, you know, I have to sit here for four months because the finale is not going to air till at least mid-March. So it's just like one of these things. Where there's, nothing, there's nothing I can do. If you come to me and say, I know this or I know that or I heard this or I heard that, I don't know what to tell you because I would go back to my source and be like, are you sure? And they'll tell me yes. So it's like it's almost at a standstill. So unless you have some serious physical proof, I I don't know what to tell people, you know. Um, so just keep that in mind as we as we move forward this season. But uh, all your spoilers are out there for Joey's season. Check that out. And then tonight, the Golden Bachelor finale. The other thing I talk about today in the Daily Roundup is the fact that I thought it was really poor journalism on The Hollywood Reporter yesterday um, to basically do a hatchet job on Gary the day before his finale airs and we get to see him being engaged and happy to Teresa. They went out and found two women that he dated post Tony's death, his ex-wife, not ex, sorry, shouldn't say that, ex-wife, not his ex-wife. He's, uh, you know, a widow. He's a widow, right? Widower, I, I always mix that up, but you know what I'm saying. And they're just playing on the fact, well, geez, ABC has been telling us he hasn't been with any woman since Tony died in 2017. Look who we found. It's like, really? What was the point of that whole article? I go off on it in uh, in my in, in the Daily Roundup today, so go check that out if you're interested. Because I know a lot of you sent me that article and saying, what do you think of this? Have you heard anything about this? I give all my thoughts today on the Daily Roundup, so check that out. Anyway, there's a lot, a lot to get to uh, in the Daily Roundup. Like I said, I, I do talk about spoilers. I talk about the Golden Bachelor finale tonight, Dance with the Stars, since I wasn't able to cover it uh, yesterday, since I just did spoilers in yesterday's Daily Roundup, and then Survivor and the Challenge I also talk about as well. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 367. Okay, let's bring her in. You saw her as contestant 166 on the Squid Game Challenge. However, she does have a name. It is Louisa Warwick. Louisa, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I want to get right down to it in terms of this is wild because we're looking at the biggest reality show final gift, final winnings in the history of reality shows, I believe. I don't think there's ever been a um, a final prize in a reality show of $4.56 million. Now, you obviously can't win. You were eliminated. But there's so many things that I'm fascinated about by this show. So let's get into it. Number one. Did you watch the original show and how did you get cast on this thing? Yeah. Um, you know, first off, I was a huge fan of the original show. So um, it was April 2022. I was working at home and, you know, that day there was just this viral news story um, about the most watched show on Netflix, Squid Game. And they were announcing a spinoff. Um, and when I say viral, I mean it was everywhere. Daily Mail, Variety, Deadline, CNN, Fox News, Good Morning America even do, did a segment on just this casting call. Um, you know, so right away I applied. And in fact, over 90,000 people applied for the show, um, which is insane. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, the reasons why I applied, to be blunt, uh, the idea of signing a death warrant fascinated me. 
Um, <laughs> the number one reason uh, I applied um, mainly was my sporting background. Um, you know, I have a real go-getter personality. Um, I'm a former national level swimmer. I used to run cross country for England and Great Britain. Um, I've done the New York Marathon twice in three hours, 23. Um, so I just love the thrill and adrenaline rush um, from competitions. So if I was going to do a reality show, it was going to be one like this. Um, secondly, I just loved the original series. It was a hit. Um, I think a lot of people love the show. And yeah, I mean, lastly, just for professional reasons, just going on a show like this, um, I work in the PR and talent space. So I've signed a lot of contestants to my talent agency. There's actually um, a popular Reddit thread about me doing exactly that. So those are the main reasons why I went on the show. It's interesting because when the show was being promoted <clears throat> as they're going to make Squid Game into a reality show, did they say right off the bat that, the final prize was going to be four point five six million, or no? I can't remember. If yes, they did. they did. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Straight off the bat, it was. It's going to be the biggest reality show in the world, the biggest prize funds um, on the biggest. You know, it's a spinoff from the biggest show on Netflix. So yeah, they were very upfront about that. Yeah, and I, and it's it's crazy, you know, because when we watch reality shows nowadays, there's maybe at most, you know, I cover Bachelor and Bachelorette, they've got thirty. 32, 33 people that'll start the show. When you have yeah. 456 people in a reality show, it's literally impossible to give everybody camera time. It's There's just no way. Um, and for those that don't know how the show works, you basically just eliminate people per competition. Some competitions will eliminate way more. Obviously, the very first competition was mirrored right after the TV show, which was red light, green light. It's basically you're playing a bunch of kids' games, and whoever gets eliminated gets eliminated. On the TV show, you get shot dead. Clearly, they weren't going to kill people on television, so it was more of um, you know a paintball blast to your chest. But So you, you start out on this thing, but what – I know that was it was filmed in – was it filmed in London? 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 Okay. So yeah. you were flown to London. Did you get? Did you see anybody before? Because obviously the first thing on the show was red light, green light. That's where we see the contestants for the first time as viewers. Everybody walks into the red light, green light room, and there's a line there, and the game starts. Did you yeah. meet any of those people? Did you? Were you able to talk to anybody before the game started, or they just hoarded you in and said, "Here's your first competition." They pretty much just hoarded us in and was like, this is the first competition. I mean, wow. like we were there for a while before, um, you know, because it was at the time when we filmed it in January, like COVID was perhaps an issue. So we were kind of like quarantined for a bit in a hotel before, but there was no interactions with the other contestants. Um, we really met each other for the first time in that red light, green light arena when you see us all piling in the doors and we all look nervous slash excited and then they close the doors on us and it's game time. So this was filmed in January of this year, 2023? Yes, okay. January 2023. And the casting started in April 2022. So there was a good nine months of casting. Wow. Okay. Now, for Red Light, Green Light, there have been a lot of things that have come to light by a lot of people who have taken to the internet and Instagram stories, and um, there's even, I think, a, uh, a civil lawsuit going on for people who um, got removed from the game because of just being sick or, or whatever. 
for yes. you, for for everybody. I mean, for for you that was there. First off, was it outside or was it inside a, a, a building? So it was filmed in this uh, very big aircraft hangar um, from World War II. Um, the actual arena was over a hundred thousand square foot. Okay. So. Um, it was very cold that day. It was 24 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Um, so I don't know if you've ever been in an aircraft hangar before, but it's a concrete floor and a metal building. So yeah. it is not warm inside that structure. Um, it was, oh, it was, it was so cold. It was freezing. So the thing that everybody is saying, and you have even said it on your Instagram stories, was kind of sharing how red light, green light worked. We see as viewers... Everybody lines up, 456 contestants, and then the doll starts singing, and you just do whatever you can. Run, crawl, whatever you want to do, and then you have to stop once the music stops, and whoever has any body movement after that gets eliminated. You get the yeah. your, um, your paintball pellet goes off, and you get eliminated. I guess one question I want to ask really quick. When people died in those things, did they tell you, hey, fall down like you're dead? Did they tell people to do that? Because everyone was doing it. Yeah, but there's, you know, 456 contestants. So you're not going to have everyone, you know, following the instructions. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you got to think about this. Like there, there, are, there are a lot of people on the show. It was a nine-month casting process. They get here. People got eliminated within the first three seconds of this whole show. Yeah, I, I mean, like people aren't going to be obeying, you know, not everyone's obeying instructions here. So, yeah, I mean, like that, that must have been brutal. Um, but yeah, I mean, they did tell us to sort of play dead, play dead. Um, but there were some very dramatic and hilarious falls. You know, some people wanted to go out with a bang and others stormed off. And, you know, uh, uh, there was a lot of, medical attention going on you know so yeah it was all sorts the thing the thing that we saw as the audience was hey you have to do this in five minutes so the clock starts counting down music starts you run music stops you stop whoever moves after the stopping happens gets eliminated because they have motion sensors i guess on everybody's body i don't really know how they determine it because i can't imagine i still don't know now hearing what you've said and other contestants have said that it's not like this competition took five minutes. It took how many hours? It took me seven and a half hours to complete the game. Okay, see, that's this is where I'm so confused because, so let's just say you, you started off, you yeah. the first music starts, you run, and you stop. The music didn't stop for just 30 seconds, a minute. It would stop for 15 to 45 minutes each time, and you whatever position you stopped in, you had to you stay had to in that it. position? And bear in mind, it was very, very chilly in that arena. So people were shivering. And, you know, the production level was unlike anything I've ever seen. So there's really bright lights, um, which can affect people's, you know, vision and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we had to hold these poses for 15 to 45 minutes um, over a period of seven and a half hours. I was the last wave of contestants successfully across the line. So, yeah, I was in that last batch of people that that got in by the skin of our teeth. I, I, I just don't know how it's possible that holding a pose for 15 or 45 minutes, the motion sensor doesn't go off. Your body's moving. I guess it just depends on what they consider 
body movement. Obviously, if you move your hand up to your head, if you're sweating and you wiped your brow, clearly you're eliminated. But you're moving. I, I don't know. It just seems like I couldn't hold a position for 45 minutes. Like, there's no way without my body moving in some way. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why over 50 percent of those, you know, of the contestants got wiped out in the first episode because, yeah. you know, a lot of people couldn't hack it. They couldn't they couldn't hold that pose for 15 to 45 minutes. Um my guess would be, you know, I, I, you know, I was shivering, um, but I wasn't doing any big movements. I wasn't moving my hands or my legs or anything. So it's it's probably just big movements. What was your Got strategy? You Did when when you, like, you didn't go full sprint and then try and come to a complete stop. Uh, how, what was your strategy on red light, green light? How did you maneuver in those five minutes? Did you shuffle? Did you walk? Did you crawl? How would you? How did you do it? I did a sh I did a side shuffle because yeah. um, it's sort of like a boxing pose. It makes you very ground grounded. Yeah. Uh, it's a very strong, solid pose. So my strategy was a side shuffle, but then I ran into issues because I got halfway across this arena, which is a similar size to a football field. I was halfway across. So I looked up at the time and more than 50% of the time had gone. So I was actually too slow. I wasn't going to make it just based on time. So I had to speed up. So I had to adjust from doing a side shuffle that wasn't fast enough to doing like a jog, basically. And I think that's smart. I don't think running as fast as you can because you had five minutes, you had plenty of time. I don't know. Do you know roughly in how many yards it was from start to finish? What was the total run of or the distance between the start line and the finish line? Um, I'm not sure how long, but a good comparison would be the length of a football field. It was long. It wasn't something insignificant. Okay. Yeah, it just seems like running and sprinting wouldn't be the way to go because the second the music stopped, you, your momentum would carry you forward and you would be moving afterwards. Yes, yeah, side shuffling or, or kind of like walking fast where you could stop on a dime and the second the music goes off, you're good. But I, I did yeah. see some people that would just lay on the ground. It seemed like laying on the ground would be the easiest way to prevent yourself from moving in the time, the 15 to 45 minutes that you had to stay still because standing in one position, especially if like one foot is in front of the other, you might get a leg cramp. Like it seems like running and stopping or falling to the ground right before you think the music is going to stop would be the easiest because then you can just lay there. But I don't know. Maybe that's me. me. Yeah, a, a lot of people were doing that. They were just running and diving on the ground. Um, I, I mean, I that didn't even cross my head. I was wondering <laughs> what the hell people were doing. I was like, are they dying or are they? Is this a strategy? It apparently was a strategy. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the the standing was tough because you know you're prone to fainting or just moving. Um, yeah. And a lot of people got eliminated just getting too ahead of themselves, too excited, and sprinting and they're not being able to slow down like you've got to understand like the music was only playing for maybe three to five seconds at a time it was it was a blip it was nothing oh my gosh i thought i mean not that i thought it was playing for 30 seconds or a minute but i didn't realize it was three to five seconds and then 15 sec 15 minutes 45 minutes of waiting oh my god i could never do that. I, I would have been out in red light green light i can tell you that right now i never oh, i yeah. never would have made it um okay so you made it through red light, green light, and I believe I don't know the exact number, but we started with four fifty six. I believe it was was it one ninety seven were left after red light, green light? It was under two hundred, I'm almost positive. 
Yeah, it went from 456 to 197 made it through to dawn. Yeah. That's over 50% of contestants were wiped out. Yeah. And I think on the TV show, it was kind of the same thing. I don't remember the exact number on the TV show, but basically over half of their cast got uh, eliminated. Granted, that's a TV show and they can, they're controlling it. But um, okay, so you get into the dorms and a lot of people have questions about the dorms. Same thing. It was that were the dorms in this facility, airport hangar. That's where it was. And it's just bunk bed on top of bunk bed on top of bunk bed. Is that what it was? No, only red light, green light was in that aircraft hangar. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, just one more thing to add about the red light, green light experience. You yeah. know, whilst we're in that arena, there was no bathroom breaks, no food, no water. Um, it was just us in that track suits. And, uh, you know, it to me, it made doing you know the marathon seemed like a breeze but <laughs> but yeah i mean back to dorms um no this was in a studio so um gotcha. it wasn't in the aircraft hangar so where were you when you claimed whatever bed you took because uh, we've seen it on tv i think it's like i didn't count but it's at least six to eight bunk beds high like six to eight beds piled on top of each other where were you in your bed were you at the bottom were you in the middle did you have a top I was bunk? at the very top in the corner um oh. originally i was gonna be on a bottom bunk but because it's such a big room with so many people you know almost 200 people sleeping in the same room the noise it's, it's very echoey so you know especially lower down it's noisier so i took a higher up bunk just because it was a little bit quieter um Oh, it was very surreal. It was very similar to Big Brother in the sense where there was just cameras absolutely everywhere in the toilets and the showers um, attached to the beds. Uh, I have never seen so many cameras in my life. Um, and it was the exact same as the original series. So everything looks just like the original series. It was very, very surreal. Um, there was no windows. So you had no concept of time. We were only given a basic comb a wooden toothbrush and toothpaste. We had no hair, no makeup, no hairdryer, no phones. We were uh, we were stripped back to basics for sure. Who did you befriend when you got in there? Were there people that you immediately bonded with? Were there people that you were looking for? Did you did you know anybody once you got in? Did you run into somebody like, oh shit, I know you from somewhere, or no? Um, I didn't know anyone uh, personally going in at all. Um, but I mean, everyone was just, I, I got along with everyone. My strategy was just be friendly, get along with everyone. Um, you know, we all had this common bond of this very highly unique experience. So I guess that was a good starting point to making good relationships and alliances in the dorms. Yeah, no, it definitely, I mean, you have to at that point, obviously you didn't, you didn't last past the second episode, but I think it's, you know, we see it, you know, having watched the show. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday. By the time this comes out, I'll probably have watched episodes six, seven, eight, and nine, which were released yesterday on Netflix. And I'll have a, you know, better idea of who's left and whatnot. But we're starting to see how people are playing this game. We're starting to see alliances form. And unfortunately, as we're recording this, it ended with the twosome picnic. And now those twosomes are going to go play marbles, and one of the two in each twosome is getting eliminated, um, unless they throw a twist in. Um, so by the time you hear this, you might have already seen the episode. But for you, 
The next thing that was up was the cookie challenge. And I have questions about this. I'm bummed that you didn't get to actually participate in the cookie challenge, but maybe you've spoken to people who did. Um, so before the cookie challenge starts, you've got 190, I think 96 had, I think, I think there was one person from the 197 that got eliminated by some game play or something. So you had like 196 and then you had four, four long lines and they told you to line up. That was random, right? They said, Hey, everyone just line up in four lines. Correct. Yeah, we went into this big hall and they said, line up contestants. So we all, there was line number one, line number two, line number three, and line number four. Did people know from the TV show, did people have a suspicion of what, the, that this was going to be the cookie challenge? People had a suspicion, yeah, but, you know, it's, but people were thrown off because there was an indoor elimination the day before yeah. um, with that guy that got thrown out. So once that happened, everyone just thought, okay, this could be really different. So when you line up in the four lines, it's completely random. You don't know what's coming. You might have an idea. This could be the cookie challenge, but the weird thing was, and this is where I have a question. This is my question to you in regards to this because it's the first person in each of the four lines that goes into a room and you have to decide which shape your line is going to carve out in the cookie challenge with yeah. the, the metal stick. So how did you end up at the beginning of one of the lines? I was one of the first people to enter that room initially. Mm. Um, in fact, I was the second person to enter that whole room. So right away, the the overhead speaker came on the, the game master and said, line into four lines. So I just happened to naturally walk over to uh, line number one, and I was the first person in line number one. Okay. Not so, knowing what was going to happen next. Yeah, and I'm just saying like, it was almost like it was just bad luck on your part that you got stuck in this line because for those that watch the episode, each person that leads their line walks into another room and you have to choose what shape of cookie your line is going to have to carve out to advance in the game. There, yeah. are, there are four shapes. There are circle. Is it square diamond on umbrella? triangle uh it's not square it's um it's circle triangle something umbrella what was that what was that third shape uh it's not i thought it was square but it's not it's um circle diamond <laughs> i'm like blanking to you i know i'm blanking i know the other one's umbrella because obviously that's the one everyone wanted to avoid too many ridges but shit oh and, star star star. It's a star that's right star so I mean, it, it was just bad luck because there was no way. And basically, once the four of you, the leaders of each line, went into that room, you had to run and put your hand on the shape that you wanted to your line to do. But you only yeah. had you only had a was it thirty seconds or a minute to decide? So we had two minutes oh, two to minutes. decide. Two minutes. Yeah, we had two minutes to decide amongst us which shape we wanted to choose, and we weren't allowed to use any games. Like we couldn't do rock, paper, scissors, for example, to decide which shape we got. Um, so I, you know, I led right away with, um, you know, 
I was line one, I should go to shape one. You're line two, you should go to shape two. You're line three, you should go to shape three and so on. And that's actually what ended up happening in the third round of people. They, they ended up doing that in like numerical order, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just crazy. I mean, in that, you know, high stress environment, I just got completely ganged up on and bullied and, you know, I, I wasn't about to get into a, you know, an argument on this show, but, um, yeah, I mean, basically the guy who was in the fourth line didn't want to take the umbrella, um, and just, you know, threw a tantrum and that was it. But we you, all got eliminated. But you knew if a decision wasn't made by all four of you to pick a shape, you four were getting eliminated. You knew that going in, right? Yeah, yeah, we knew that going in. So um, that's what I don't understand. Like, he would rather get eliminated and not have a chance at the $4.56 million, which, what he, which is what he traveled, applied for, went, you know, went through a nine-month casting process for. I, I, I was just so surprised that, yes, you don't want the umbrella, but you know what? If you don't choose it, you have no chance to advance. At least give yourself exactly. a chance to advance. I don't. I never understood this mindset. Give yourself the 20% shot to advance to the next round. And look, I mean, he was in line four as well. So he was in the umbrella line. And the third group of people that ended up advancing into the cookies, they did it in that exact numerical order. So it, it wasn't like we were being unfair or, you know, he was in that fourth line. And granted, if I'm not mistaken, I, I mean, I watched the episode last week. I don't remember it specifically, but... The people who did have to carve out the umbrella, I think only two or three advanced. It wasn't many. It is the hardest one by by far. And it, there were, yeah. So yeah. So I understand that. Hey, I don't want to carve this umbrella. It's the hardest one. It's got way too many ridges. A circle is easy. Uh, a star is easier. Uh, um, uh, the other one, uh, triangle, very easy to do, or easier. Yes, I get it. But like you said, it's just. Well, what's better, a 25% chance of advancing or a 0% chance of advancing? It didn't make any sense to me how the first two groups couldn't come to an agreement. It's like the guy who didn't want to take the umbrella, he's like, I'm not taking the umbrella. It's like, great, you're now eliminated. What did that prove? What did that show anybody? Like, great, you stood your ground and now you're gone. That was just the dumbest decisions. I didn't understand it at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember just thinking at the time, I was like, Wow just wow <laughs> and it's and it's like i said it's bad luck for you because you were at the front of the line if you were the fourth person in line if you were fourth in your line or anything further back from that you would have had a chance to advance like you didn't even get a chance to play the game that's what sucks i got to imagine that's what you're bummed at i don't know how you would have done maybe you would have done and advanced and then who knows what would have happened but it was just almost bad luck that you got stuck as the leader of your line yeah. you know yeah, but I feel like that's the nature of the games, right? I mean, red light and red light, green light. There's skill to it. You know, it's 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 uh, an intense physical activity where you're holding a pose and da da da. But I feel like you know the other tasks we've seen so far and these random dorm el eliminations. A lot of that is down to luck. I think you know what's exciting about Squid Game is it is a game of luck. And yes, there is some strategy involved, but it is a game of luck at the end of the day. It is. It's like luck combined with skill. Like your luck sucked, 
because you didn't even get to compete in the cookie challenge. My guess is if your group would have agreed on the four shapes, you were on circle. I don't know how you would have done, but I'm guessing you probably could have done it since most of the people when we watched the episode were able to complete that, at least that line did. I don't know how many of them were there. I think there was about, you know, roughly 40 people in each line because you had 196. So there was, I think, like 42 or 40, you know, 41, 42 in each line. Yeah. I I remember the circle. I I remember most of those people being able to complete it and come back and continue, continue on in the game. Now, have you spoken to anybody who's done, who actually competed in the cookie challenge? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, all of us contestants, we, uh, we talk all the time. Okay. What we see on TV is a lot of them licking the cookie before the challenge, and then some we didn't see licking the cookie. What exactly is it the metal scraper that they have to use? It, to me, it looked like it was a paper clip that was just straightened out, and that's what you're scraping a cookie with. Do you know what it what what is the metal object that they are using to break through the cookie? It's kind of like a like a needle. A needle. Okay. Yeah. And then the cookie is just it's a hard cookie and that's why they were trying to soften it up so it wouldn't crack so easy. Is that why I'm assuming that's why people were licking it, right? Yeah, these cookies are made from like sugar and I believe maybe like baking soda or something. So the idea behind licking it is you're getting um like liquid into it, which just helps melt it down a bit. So that's why you lick the cookie profusely when you're in this challenge. And then you just use the needle to very carefully uh, cut out the shape. But the the your saliva softens the cookie. Softens it so it doesn't crack. And like basically you advance yeah. if you're able to scrape out the shape. And then if you scrape it out, you advance if you don't, and any other part of the cookie, when you pull the shape out, if any other part is attached to that, you're done. You know, you die. And that's a, like, it's, yeah, it's just a crazy out. game. It's just like, these are all children's games. These are games that we played. I don't remember scraping a cookie, but, you know, the next challenge was, you know, Battleship and Red Light, Green Light. We played those as kids. But, and Red Light, Green, and excuse me, uh, Battleship, even though you didn't get to play it, us watching it on TV, to me, once again, that is just pure luck. There's no, I mean, in terms of where you chose to start on the board, because the other team that can't see you, they're just randomly picking a number, you know, they're just randomly yeah. kicking B4. You can't control what they're, you have no idea what the other team's going to pick number wise. And the second somebody in your boat is hit, yeah, they might get the next one wrong because they might go the wrong way, but then they know, well, we can't go that way. So we got to go this way or up and down. But the bottom line is there's a lot of luck involved in the Battleship game, for sure. Oh, yeah. And and I think you forgot to mention, um, you know, the, the team captains, I believe, were choosing uh, the players' positions on the board, too. So if you got eliminated because your team captain put you on a not-so-great position on the board and you got eliminated, you had no say in that either. Exactly. So your team captains tell you where to go on the Battleship board, if your team loses, it was, you know, two battles, had, two ships had to be sunk. And even even on the winning team, if the other team had sunk one of your ships, the winning team could have members of their team go home and everyone else advance. That had to suck. 
Even though, like yeah. you said, you weren't there, but watching that, it was like, oh, great, that one team advanced, but one of their boats got sunk, so they're all cheering, yet their teammates are sitting there and just like, great, I have to go home. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just – it's. It's fascinating. I'm sure it's going to get even more and more interesting as this game goes along. Just out of curiosity, I don't want to know, and obviously you wouldn't be able to say anything, but do you know who wins this thing? Do you know who won? I'm not at liberty to say. You can't even you, <laughs> No, I don't want to know, but you can't even say if you know who won, correct? I can't even say if I know who won, correct? Gotcha. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. I I mean, if you do, great. If you don't, I and even if even if you did, I wouldn't want to know because that would ruin the whole show for me. Uh, even though I'm the spoiler guy, that's what you do. Is yeah, that's that's your line of work. I know. The, <laughs> the crazy thing is, I don't want to be spoiled about anything in my life um, outside of the Bachelor and Bachelorette world. I don't want to know the ending of a movie. I don't read the end of books first. Nothing. It would totally ruin my experience of watching Squid Game if I know who wins at the end because it's just like okay. <laughs> If they're, you know, they're competing in the Marvel Challenge. Well, I know his partner's going home because, or her partner's going home because I know she ends up winning or he ends up winning. Like, it, there would be zero suspense for me. And this is like the biggest reality show prize in the history of reality shows. I don't want to know. No way. I don't. I have no interest in knowing. I just didn't know if you even. Obviously, people talk. I gotta believe. I mean, my guess is people that were there know uh, who won. But um, I don't know. Uh, other than that. Um. So once you got eliminated at the cookie challenge, are you on a plane home the next day? How long do you have to stay until all the filming is over? What happened? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, once you're eliminated, you're eliminated. So it's a pretty swift process, and uh, you know, it's it's back to real life. You know, just like in the, uh, you know, the original series. I mean, I guess they died, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't go you home. Know, they, they, when uh, you're out of the game, you're out of the game. <laughs> so where where do you where do you live? I live in Miami. Oh, you're in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you have, and you say you work in, you promote, you you, you run talent for influencers. Yeah, I work in PR, and I also have a talent agency as well. So I'm in that line of work of PR, marketing, and talent management. Oh, okay. And you and you're. I've, I've worked with I've worked with contestants from The Bachelor and Selling Sunset, and uh, so I'm very familiar with like the reality TV world. Um, yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, that's great. Uh, I mean, I wish you could have lasted. I wish you could have at least competed. I mean, that's thing. I understand getting there and being out in the first five seconds of red light, green light. I if I ever competed on this show, which I don't have any interest in, but I would have liked to have been eliminated. Actually because of my own doing, because I did something wrong, as opposed to, you know, like I said, you didn't get to compete in the cookie challenge. That's what sucks. I wish you would have, you know? Yeah, but I, I almost think that kind of makes it better, right? Because I feel like if you get eliminated because of your own wrongdoing, I feel like as someone who's, like, competitive, you kind of almost replay it, that in your mind all the time. You're like, oh, shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have <laughs> done that, you know? Whereas if it's kind of, like, just random or it's bad luck or or whatever it is but not necessarily in your sort of control then it, it's not it's not too bad i almost prefer it the way it happened hmm. interesting see i would have preferred it the other way i want to know that i mean yeah i'd run it back in my head like oh i could have done this different if i, if I got eliminated at the cookie challenge i would have been like oh i should have cut it here or you know scraped it here 
I guess I just would have wanted to control my own destiny and not be have it left up to chance. But totally understand your position on this as well. You know, um, it's everyone's got their own experience, and I'm excited to watch the remainder, uh, the last five episodes, to see how it plays out, to see if there's any like major twists, something different from the TV show. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But Louisa, thank you so much uh, for coming on and sharing this with us. And like I said, by the time this airs, the um, episodes six, seven, eight, and nine will have been released yesterday. So hopefully people go and check that out and just keep in mind a lot of the things that you said about this, that it's very realistic to the TV show. A lot of the same competitions outside of the uh, battleship one, but just a lot of randomness, a lot of luck and the person who makes it through the end of this thing and wins four and a half million dollars, all all the credit to them. You know, they made it through and they beat 455 other people. There's not going to be anyone in America that can say that for reality TV. So, Louisa, so thank, cool. thank, you, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Louisa for coming on. I really appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. Got to learn a little bit more behind the scenes of squid game i'm still just fascinated by red light green light about how you had to hold a pose for 15 to 45 minutes i never would have been able to do that in a million years shit wouldn't most people just cramp up maybe that's what happened maybe that's why they went from 456 to 197 and you lose what 259 people in the first competition makes sense so Again, thanks to her for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hopefully we can have some more people from Squid Game on uh, in the upcoming weeks. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review if you can. The uh, Daily Roundup was posted earlier today. The Sports Daily was posted earlier today. Check those out. Tomorrow I'll be back with two more podcasts, Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily. So for Louisa Warwick, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow.